God, come. Touch us, change us, may we never be the same. We thank you ahead of time of what you're going to do. I thank you for the many miracles that have been happening. Can I, can I just share one? I heard as I, I, got, I got to church, I got out of my truck, I was stopped by Gene, where are you at, Gene? Gene, who told me about one of our, one of our people that had gotten prayer uh, and been in church over the weekend had had a skin problem that it's had for years, isn't that right? And was in worship, had prayer, and that skin condition is totally gone, totally gone, all new skin. Come on, somebody. Come on. Claire, you got healed. Didn't you get healed, Claire? Right? Who's the healer? I'm telling you tonight, there's no telling what can happen. Lift your voice. Put your hands together for Jesus and welcome Him right now. Come on. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up. Give a shout to God. Hallelujah. Come on, Micah. Come on, Jesus. Freedom. Oh, freedom. 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 No 
Give your heart to Him. You'll never regret it. Furthermore, everything that you've ever looked for will be found in Him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about a set of rules by which you to live by. I'm talking about a relationship with the One who made you. He loves you. He cares for you. He longs for you to come to Him. You've got to choose Him. You've got to ask Him to come in. You've got to yield to Him. If you're here, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or you want to recommit your life to Him. You're not right. You know you're not right. You once walked with Jesus on fire. But now you're living a life of compromise. If that's you, you need to give your heart right. You need to give your heart to Jesus tonight. Or thirdly, you want to be assured of your salvation. If you fit in any of those categories, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to make a recommitment to Him. Secondly, you want to make a recommitment. Or thirdly, the third category, you want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. If that's you, slip your hand up right now. Want to get right with God? Want to make a recommitment to Him? Or you just want to be sure? Raise your hand high. God bless you. God bless you all across this place. Just pray that prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for coming and dying for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Help me to live for you. Thank you. Amen. Just lift your hands to Jesus. long for this world, people. There's coming a day. There's coming a time when time will end. While so often times we're running around looking for the latest cell phone or looking for the latest computer the next download of music it could all roll up time as we know it could end. For those who study biblical prophecy, we're on the very end. We stand on the precipice of the close of all time, people. The close of all time. It amazes me that people continue to play church, oblivious to what's coming. It's time to get on fire. It's time to stand up. It's time. Oh, it's time talking to a brother today he says I hope it doesn't have to go like Uganda in our country I thought oh some of you know what happened in Uganda yeah they're on fire now God really moving in the country now but they're totally level America it's time to stand up and be counted time to serve God and flow in his power live for him 
because just in a little while, just in a little while, just a little while longer, and we're going to see Him. Come on, let's let's worship and sing that song and declare. Come on, Micah.
You need a touch from heaven tonight. You need a touch from heaven tonight. Come on, just reach up right where you are. He'll touch you.
sing in the spirit. Shut up. 
All of our children are going to be heading upstairs. All of our youth are staying downstairs. Praise God. Wonderful. Welcome to all of our online congregation. So glad you're tuned in with us. All of our people out in podcast land. The world of the streaming web. Bless you. Take some time. Meet some people. Praise God.
I know this is probably out of the box, but at least we're consistent. You know what I just keep hearing in the Spirit? Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> ah. How many of you are thankful for Mary's little lamb? Not so little anymore. Seated at the right hand of majesty, ever living to make intercession for you and me. Glory be to God. Amen. I love what First John says, As He is, so we are in the world. Oh yeah, help me out. I dare you. Tune me up. As He is, go ahead and say it. So we are in the world. Tom just sent me that text about, I don't know, ten texts ago. So let me ask you, let me ask you. Come on, Mike. Let me ask you this. As He is, so we are. Who can tell me? Well, how is He right now? Shaka-da-da-mahaya. Was that talking? Someone go over here. How is He? Look, is He on a cross? Can I tell you a funny story about me? I think I was six years old. My mama told me this story. Five or six. Came into the Catholic Church and screamed from the back of the Catholic Church, Jump, Jesus! Jump! Didn't go over so well. And then, and then the story goes as I they had communion. You know, you got to go through all kinds of special rites and stuff. You know, confirmation and all of that uh, to to receive communion. Don't, don't don't stop. You're tuning me up. Remember? How many of you ever heard the term "should be tuned up"? Yeah. Black churches across America. You know. <laughs> Anyway, he's working on it. Come on, brother. <laughs> we appreciate you. Put your hands together for Micah. Chanel. Yeah, it's worthy to stand up. Come on, stand up for him. We love you guys. Come on. Been here a whole year, and he's not dead yet. One more time, put your hands together for the Pasonis. He said, what's that supposed to mean? Because you can be seated. Because sometimes working under the weight and the burden that we work at, you know, it, it, most people quit. He's not listening. <laughs> he's thinking about the next keys he's going to play. Most people quit. And it really is, uh, I'll get back to the as he is in a second. It's really a confirmation of calling. See, because if man or circumstances can't drive you off, then you must be called. So I just believe you're called. We believe you were called anyway. I'm so thankful for you. You can place me. I'm not, I'm not kidding. For real. Okay. I'll, I'll wait for you. There we go. All right. As he is, say it with me. I, I want to hit this point wherever we want. As he is, say it. So think about it. Is he on a cross? Okay. Is he in a tomb? Let's try that again. Is he on a cross? 
Ah, ah, ah. He might get me preaching in a second. Is he in a chill? Ah! I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Ah! Oh, hey! Woo, okay, so, so where is he? Okay, he's in your heart. Yes, he's in your heart. But I mean, how... As He is. He is on the throne. He has defeated hell. He has defeated death in the grave. He holds the keys. He is the resurrection and the life. He's the captain of the horse. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Ah! So guess what? That's how we are. Get it through your head. We win. Devil loses. You've got to walk that way. As he is, so we are in this world. We're supposed to be his ambassadors. Like little mini lions. His roar. Listen, if you really get a hold of the truth of the Word of God that says that the, that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword... The dice domai of God died too. Dice, some of you went to Vegas, dice. You know what dice are? Two, right? Okay. Dice stomai mouth, two mouth. You'll get a hold of this. It'll change your life forever. As he is, so we are in the world. And literally, when we speak his word, it comes out of his mouth, one so one edge of the sword. And when it comes out of your mouth, that's the second edge, and it cuts the head off of anything that's in your way. So if you're struggling with insecurities. You just begin to speak who you are in Christ, he'll take the head off of that thing. It's a lot. As he is, so we are. Come on, somebody give a shout to God tonight. All right. Awesome. We have a, just a couple of announcements before we do. We want to greet our first-time visitors. If you're here and it's your very first time, or if it feels like your first time, if you just feel like raising your hand, would you just put your hand up? All right. God bless you. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> All of our first-time visitors, perhaps you're online. Come on, let's give them a hand clap. Wonderful. Let's give them a big God bless you on three. One, two, three. God. God bless you. We have a couple of announcements. First of all, our men's encounter is postponed. It was going to be on Friday, so just for all of you that signed up, uh, we're postponing that. We'll let you know when we're going to be uh, moving forward with that. Thank you for signing up. Please be patient with us. Just a couple logistical problems. We're going to, uh, we are attempting to put that in our facility out at Hatcher's Pass. I'm very thankful for that. I, uh, I'm not, there's a lot that's going to be happening with the Hatcher's Pass property. I'm very thankful for Trent and Amy that are out there watching over the property for us. Watching over it and, uh, and, and, and keeping it safe. And, and uh, if you want to go out there, you can't because the gate's locked. So, uh, but we'll let you know. We're going to do some things out there. You just keep it in prayer. I was praying that that might be a, our next prayer mountain. We've wanted to do a, we've wanted to do a, uh, a 24-hour prayer center. We sort of wanted to do it here. Anyway, it might be that God would have us do it out there. And uh, so, would you keep that in prayer, all of you? Praying people just commit that whole that whole middle building. If you've ever been out there to a house of prayer, and uh, and then use it for that's a good idea might be a God idea. We don't, we're not really into good ideas. We are into God ideas. 
So it might be, I'm praying about it, if you'd pray with me about that also. It is our hope that by the a year from now, we'll start a ministry school out there. We're going to do our camps out there, kids' camps, youth camps, uh, you know, have different uh, endeavors happening out there. So if you'll keep it in prayer as we move forward, that'd be great. Amen? All right, good. Praise the Lord. What else we got? Church on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And uh, also at 6, Anchorage, there at uh, 20, 2150 East Dowling Road. Please keep in mind also that we're believing for our own building uh, there in Anchorage. Thankful for what God has done there. We're averaging about 50 people every Sunday, and that's pretty good for, you know, opening a church since Easter. It used to be, we started with about 86 or 83, something like that. Is that right, Tom? 80, 83, I think it is. And uh, most, about half of those folks were from here. Now what's happened is, uh, you know, everybody was there for the start, and we're thankful for that. Now it's, it's, it's becoming its own thing. And uh, I'm very, very thankful for that. And if you'll keep us in prayer, we'll continue to move forward. Amen? All right. We're going to take some time to take our evening tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, go ahead and slip your hand up. One of our ushers can help us. Our ushers are recruiting. If you want to help with the uh, usher team, just see Pat. He'll let you know when they get together before service, and we'll train you, teach you, help you. That's a men's ministry. Praying about a women's conference and, uh, and a men's conference, so you keep that in prayer, just strategizing for this whole next year. Amen. I put on my Facebook uh, that it's rained, more rain in, in, in Alaska since 1951. More rain, consecutive rain in Alaska since 1951. I personally think it's a sign from, and a wonder. You know, the, the, the farmers think it's a curse. It's really hurt the farmers. No, really, it's really hurt the farmers. So you can pray for them. It's not been so good for hay farmers and for those. And you'll see real small vegetables at the, at the Alaska State Fair. And it's really hurt a lot of farmers. So for that, we pray, God, that you'd help them. Amen? Uh, but, I, but I choose to, you know, look at the glass half full. I'll think it's a sign that God's going to pour out His Spirit on Alaska as never before. And even if it was a drought, I'd say the same thing. But somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, ushers, would you come? Uh, while the ushers are coming, Crystal and Tom, would you stand and face everybody just so they can see your faces? Crystal and Tom are going to take a journey. Baby looks good on you. That's not hers. But she, has, she is carrying. She is with child. And uh, they are going to be heading back to Springfield, Missouri. And that's a clap stop. You know, they're going to be heading back to Springfield, Missouri. Been with us for for, for years. Tommy got saved in this church. Huh? Yeah. Tom was on our staff and and uh, is now working up on the slope. And they're both called to full time ministry, and they're some of the most precious people I know. I have the utmost respect for them, and uh, we're going to miss you. Now they're not leaving for a little while. Not leaving for another four weeks, but four or five weeks, something like that. Anyway, we're going to have a going away party, and these guys are going to preach to us on a Sunday night, but I just thought you'd let you know. So we're going to be going through some changes in staff. Would you pray for that? Oh, God already opened up a way, didn't he? He gave you an apartment already? Is it secured yet? You... All right. They found a nine. Go ahead and tell them just so they can. <laughs> well, we were looking down there, and you can you can get a two-bedroom house or you know even a duplex for about four fifty a month down there. 
Don't go moving on me. We got something to do. So what? They don't have six months of winter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so they're going to preach to us on a Sunday night, and you just keep in mind that uh, they'll, they'll be they'll be going. Would you keep them in prayer? Amen. We're so thankful for them, and it's God. We really believe it's God bringing them back, and we're just thinking of it as a sabbatical. So we'll see what God will do. Amen. All right, we really love you guys. Put your hands together for them. Please. All right, let's pray for let's pray for our tithes and offerings. Somebody somebody said, Pastor, can I can I bless them? I said, Yes, you absolutely can. You can bless them, and uh, and so we'll, we'll we'll probably end up taking an offering for them on that Sunday night, give you an opportunity to sow into their lives and send those guys off with a big thank you. Yeah, we love you. You mean a lot to us. I have to move on because I'll start crying. I got a message. All right, praise God. Lord, bless this offering, God. I pray for bonuses, raises, promotions, inheritances, supernatural favor, witty inventions, and ideas. Houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant, the blessing of heaven. Come and overtake us. God, thank you. Thank you that you're going to release homes to us supernaturally. Lord, you're going to release things that we need to get the job done. When we, when we send our children to go buy milk at the general store, we don't send them with lint. Lord, you release provision for everything that we have need of. You always bring a ram in the thicket. And we are in covenant with you. We're not doing this on our own. As we return the tithe to you, that is our covenant act. God, a declaration that you're our source. So I pray, throw open windows of heaven for your people in every area, in every way, as a sign, Lord, that we're in covenant with you. You're the one that gives us power to get wealth. And so confirm that covenant. Bless your people with creativity and a release of resources more than they can even contain that we might release resources to get the job done to preach Jesus Christ to a lost and a dying world. Bless that we might be a... In Jesus' name, amen. I should go right ahead. face outshines the brightest sun Jesus, you're glorious You are so glorious your hands, you hold the stars, Jesus, you're glorious, you are so glorious, oh, King of glory, have your glory, King of glory, have your glory, King of glory, have your glory, King of glory.
Joshua chapter 5. Philippians. Joshua. Joshua 5. were on the western side of the Jordan and all the kings of Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel at that time the Lord said to Joshua make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised But all the people born in the wilderness on the way came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness till all the people who were the men of war came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that He would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn their fathers that He would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And so it was, when they had finished circumcising all the people, that they stayed in their place in the camp till they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and, and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. They ate produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread, parched, parched grain, the very same day. Then the manna ceased 
on the day after they'd eaten the produce of the land. The children of Israel no longer ate manna, but they ate food of the land of Canaan that year. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time that we have together. Be it ever so brief, I pray that you would use it to the fullest. I ask even that you would redeem the time and that in the moments that remain in the service, you would touch us and change our lives even forever. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, just invite the Spirit of God right now to come upon us, to come upon you. Give us ears to hear, hearts to respond. Oh God, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look at this text of Scripture. You may be seated. We've looked at it many times before. It's, uh, in fact, the entire book of Joshua is just a favorite book of mine. You want to know how to take a city, how to take a region, study that book. Because that's exactly what Joshua does. Moses is dead. Joshua has now taken over the leadership of Israel and is going to lead them into the promised land. God does a miracle. Jordan is at flood stage. And God parts to Jordan. I'd often thought and spoke about at times, why would the Jordan have to be at flood stage? I mean, couldn't God just have had it a little bit low so they could walk through? The Jordan at flood stage is kind of amazing. I want you to keep in mind that all the people that saw the miracles of Egypt, they're all dead. And sometimes when you're going into a new place, you need your faith built. And it might look like there's this huge obstacle before you, but the obstacle's there so it can part. The obstacle's there so that you can see the faith. As you step out in the Word that God has given you, I'm going to take the promised land, you can see your obstacles roll away. And sometimes we just want it to be easy and waltz right into our, our place that flows with milk and honey, but God's got a big swollen Jordan over the banks, flood stage, and He's there so that He can part that to build your faith. Because there's bigger giants. Look, <laughs> there's, giants are in, in the promised land. Giants aren't out in the wilderness, people. And so they have this huge obstacle which was really there to encourage them. As soon as the priests put their feet in the Jordan, the Jordan parted. And so they go across on dry ground and all the, the people of, of Canaan's land, the, the kings, the people heard about it, but they also saw it. They saw the waters up in a heap at a city of Adam, all the way down to the Dead Sea. Kind of amazing. And it says that their enemies, their enemies' hearts melted. Sometimes I think we get so terrified about what we're going through when in fact God has dealt with our enemies already. You know, Israel didn't know necessarily that their enemies' hearts had melted, but they had. Because God was going to give this little window for them to follow through on some things. It wouldn't have been very good if they had gone through that procedure called circumcision. I'm going to get to that in a minute and make a New Testament application for you tonight. It wouldn't be very good if they'd gone through circumcision and all of a sudden, right after they had finished the deal, that all of their enemies came roughshod and beat them up. No, their enemies were terrified that anything... They, they just thought, we're going to get picked off. We better do something. That's why Jericho was all shut up in its city. They were terrified. They were terrified. The fact that they were not circumcised showed the rebellion. Now think about this. They're, they're wandering around in the desert. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant. 
that God had made with Abraham. And circumcision was something they did as God's covenant people. So here they are in the wilderness and they don't even follow through. It's really the parents' fault. The parents don't follow through and circumcise their children. It just shows you that they still had Egypt in them. Some of you trying to go to a new land, you're still not willing to do what God told you to do. i got news for you. Ain't no milk and honey for you, baby. You can just wander around some more. I don't know about you. I'm tired of wandering around. I don't want to look at the, I don't want to, you know, praise God for the fire on the mountain, but I, you know, want to go into where God's called us to. Amen? And I believe that we are. So the fact that they were uncircumcised shows that basically the parents wanted to go back to Egypt or they had rebellion. I mean, there's something wrong with them. And so circumcision here at Gilgal was, was seen as a rolling away of the reproach. Rolling away of the reproach. It means they had reproach. Do you know what reproach means? It's literally that God had something against them because they hadn't followed through. You know, there's a fascinating text. Moses is chosen, sees the burning bush, takes his sandals off, hears from God. God tells him to go. And it says while he's by the way at the inn, God sought to kill Moses. Now, that is one of the most fascinating passages of Scripture because why would God kill Moses? Now, I don't remember exactly what chapter it is, so you can go good, be a good Berean and go look it up later, but why would God want to kill Moses? He just chose Moses to be the deliverer. So, first of all, there's another Moses out there by another name if Moses wasn't going to follow through and do it God's way. See, because if you look at the, at the calling of Moses, it says, I've heard the cry of my people. I've come down to deliver them. Now I'm going to send you. I mean, that's basically what he says. In other words, I'm coming to deliver them. I'd like to use you. Right? So he, he, he goes, he's on the way, and the Lord chose to, comes to kill him, and his wife comes and circumcises his son and throws the foreskin, I'm paraphrasing, throws the foreskin at his feet and says, Thou art a, a, a bloody bridegroom to me. What do I mean? What a text. Woo! Don't you love the Old Testament? Yeah! Come on, kids, church is upstairs. Hallelujah. And as soon as she obeyed in the circumcision, Moses is healed. Now, we don't know Moses doesn't die. Moses recovers. And Zipporah and the children are sent back to Jethro. And Moses goes on with his, with his brother. Uh, pardon me. Moses goes on and meets up with Aaron, etc. It's a fascinating text because God had chosen Moses and God has chosen you. And God has great things for you. God has great things for me. God has great things for us individually. God has great things for us corporately. But newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, you can't do it in your own way. You can't do it in your own strength. And if you don't follow, follow the, the, the commands of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you ain't going into any promised land. You just ain't going in. And, and I've known many people that wander around in the wilderness for years point the finger at their pastor, point the finger at their life group leader, point their finger at, at the church and how miserable the church is. Come on, I think the church is pretty good. I mean, think about the church that Jesus went to. They killed him. You know, and he still made it his custom to go. 
Now I know there's some churches that are messed up. You're not here to worship church. You're here to worship God. Do you have people that will offend you and hurt you? Absolutely. That's part of your training. Get over it. Get healed. Get healed. I've known people that have committed, the, committed themselves to people that are total fools. Why would you commit yourself to a fool? Because on the inside of you, you have a, a, a fool gene. Well, it's like Velcro. Come on, how many of you know? You don't have to raise your hand. But, I, I mean, we've known people that, you know, they just got a jerk magnet. You know what I mean? I'm not calling them a jerk, but they're jerk magnets. In other words, they constantly date the stupid guy that beats her up all the time. Why would anybody, why would anybody choose to continually choose... Some, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. Choose a guy, or a girl for that matter, who's totally abusive. And you date them, it's abuse. They, they verbally abuse you. They don't treat you like, a, like the princess or the king or the, or the prince that you are. They constantly abuse you, and yet you tolerate it. And then when you finally get rid of that jerk, you get another one. And you do the same thing, hoping that you can do like missionary jerk transformation. Make him into the great man of God. Now, all, of you young, all of you young people, listen to me. Here's some free information for you. Wake him up. Make sure he's not sleeping. Okay, good. Listen to me. Listen. You guys are going back to school, huh? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord... Hey! Father, help them as they return to school, homeschool and regular school. Anoint them, O God, to be who You've called them to be in the name of Jesus. Bring revival in our schools. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let me give you some free... This is just free. Just throwing it out. It's not even on my notes. You want a really great guy that's going to take care of you? Or a great lady? First of all, don't ever fornicate. Because that will screw everything up. You know what that means? Don't have sex. Can I put it that way? I'll be back in a minute. Serve God with all your heart. And, and God will bring you... God will bring you the man of your dreams. Don't try to make him the man of your dreams. Find him first. They're like, look at him. Is he talking to us? Would, it be, would you be more comfortable if I went over here? I'll go over here. And then you can just listen. You won't feel all uncomfortable. All of you single people, whether you're youth or not, serve God with all your heart. And when, when all of a sudden you look to your right or to your left and you see a man or a woman, for that matter, serving God, diligently going after God, and your heart starts getting it together, there's a whole process of courting, and we can teach you all about that, and we will, and we've done it. But don't try to go wearing clothes to attract the opposite sex, because you'll just get a flesh person. And if you try to convert somebody who's a jerk, it doesn't work, usually. I mean, I, I might be an exception, but there really aren't too many. You know. All right. talking about going into the promised land and circumcising. Come on ahead. Say circumcision. Go ahead. Say it. Good. You got it out of your system now. You feel better, I'm sure. Moses. (laughs) 
Was it Timothy? Is it Timothy? It's Timothy, right? Huh? You want to talk about commitment? Paul circumcised Timothy so he could be a so he could be a better witness to the Jews. A grown man. But I've often wondered, like, how would they know? Anyway, let, let's you know. I mean, like, these are like Hebrew hot tubs that they all. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I have to study that one out. I, I, you know, I'm in trouble. No, but I mean, really, how would they know anyway, right? I, I, you know, it could be that maybe they, maybe they, they, you know, bathed. I'm not, I'm not saying anything perversion, but it's just kind of unusual to me. It's another message. Help me. Little help. Help me out. Forgive me for missing morning prayer this morning, Lord. Help me right now, God. I need some help. Bail me out here. All right. We okay, babe? Let's get back to our text, shall we? Come on, let's look at Joshua. (laughs) So there was a reproach. I don't know if I can ever recover from this. Jesus, help me. There's a reproach on Israel because they hadn't followed through ah, and done everything that God had told them to. It's a picture of rebellion. Now listen, some of you might be under reproach. You want to go in and have everything happen, but you're not willing to do some of the hard stuff. I've told this before, but I, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said, your church will double by December. We're in the process of that. I'm telling you that right now. You can see it. Not necessarily denying decent, decent attendance Tuesday night in summer with the rain. But I mean, we're just full on Sunday. And, and, and if you'll keep inviting people, we just keep doing what we're doing. We'll, we'll have to pull out extra chairs. We'll have to go to extra services. How many of you think that'd be exciting? I'm telling you, that's the will of God. I believe that's what God's doing. Amen. But he spoke to me and said, I'm going to double your church. He spoke to my wife and I'm going to double your church by December. Amen. But you need some gifts. I thought, Amen. Like, I know that already. And anytime the Lord tells you something that you don't know, brother, let me say that again. Anytime the Lord tells you something you know, He's trying to tell you something else. So I said, I know that. He said, you need a gift of administration. I'm like, I know. I've been praying. I've been telling you about that. He says, yeah, I've been trying to give it to you, but you despise it. Like, are you talking to me? <laughs> you despise the gift I want to give you. You don't want it. You don't have anything to do with it. You hate the gift. I'm like, that's right. Amen. You didn't give me the gift. I don't want the gift. Give it to somebody else. Bring somebody else. I don't want to give it to administration. He said, well, you're all messed up. And I said, oh, okay. I'm going to, you know, you need to pray that I change your heart. I said, okay. Change my heart, God. He started changing my heart. I've started asking for the gift. I don't think I've received it in its fullness. But it ain't over yet. And so here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. The thing is, if I hadn't done that, that would like be leaving something undone, which would then cause a reproach. Do you understand? And then you can just stay going around the mountain all of your life. Some of you, God has told you to do some stuff and you refuse to do it because you don't want to, because it's uncomfortable, because that's not you, that's not your gift. God's going to raise somebody else up. I got news for you. If you you don't have the gift, you're going to either have to get it or God's going to have to bring you somebody. 
Moses apparently didn't follow through on the way to Egypt. And that's why he was about to die, because God could have raised somebody else up. He was about to die. Zipporah, I believe, knew about this circumcision thing and decided, oh, I didn't want to cut my boy. You're not going to touch my boy. But I understand now, you met the burning bush one, and we're going to, and we better get things in order. And so she circumcised her son through the foreskin at the feet of Moses and said, thou art a bloody bridegroom to me. And he got healed. I believe that she, it wasn't a custom for her. I believe she didn't want to have anything to do with it. You ain't touching my little boy, all the mama said. Do you understand that, moms? Immediately he was healed. Now, generations later, Joshua's going in, and there's some things that are undone. And there's reproach. They obey, and they celebrate the Passover. If you weren't circumcised, you couldn't celebrate the Passover. It talks about that in Exodus chapter 12, verse 48. Manna ceased. Manna ceased that day and they ate from the produce of the land. There's a change of provision. I'm telling you now that some of you are going through a change of provision. This is like a prophetic word for us. I've been doing different series and sometimes I get confused and I'm praying for the gift of administration so that it helps me out. But at any rate, it's a prophetic word for us tonight. It went right over your head. But you'll be okay. It's a prophetic word for us. There's a shift in provision. We're in a really an unusual season right now. You need to, some of you need to fast and pray. I, I said that. You need to fast and pray. You need to take a look at your life. You need to clean house. You need to, you need to circumcise some stuff, people. It's your heart, really. The New Testament thing is your heart. Circumcise your heart. I'm not talking about some, you know, custom that we have. or I'm talking about obeying God. Right, God's speaking to us. God desires to bring us to a place where He can deal with with those things that hinder. I'm telling you, this is such a good word. God desires tonight to bring you to a place to deal with the things that hinder your destiny. It is so good. You say, really? Like what? The circumcision can be applied to, he wants to cut away some stuff that isn't working. Now, that can, that can, that can apply in lots of different areas. Let's talk about some of them. Relationships. Let's just talk about that. Some of you have relationships in your life that you need to deal with. And because you have refused to deal with them, your destiny has been hindered. Now, I learned, painfully so, my wife and I have learned, that we don't just yoke with anybody. Now, we minister to lots of people, and we will love you, whether you just walked in the church tonight, or whether you've been coming here three weeks, or you're coming here for years. We'll do our best to, to help you to grow in the things of God. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not a babysitter, okay? I, I'm not a babysitter. I'm, I'm an equipper. I'm an, I'm, 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 I've got the, we've got this prophetic evangelistic gifting that God's added sort of a pastoral thing, which I'm thankful for because I just wanted to choke people before that. I was Mr. Black and White. In fact, my wife still says that. You said, do you have to be black and white? That's a prophetic thing. Now, we want to comfort people. We want people to get healed. We want people to flow. We want people to move, get, get over their things, move forward, equip the saints for the work of ministry. Amen? It could be that you have relationships in your life that God's trying to free you from so that you can move forward into your destiny. And if you have relationships that God doesn't want you to have, 
then there's reproach on you. And we have found, even in ministry, that there was, man, there was relationships that we had, we just had to cut them off, man. I'm talking about people that were, loved God. They, 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 it was a hindrance to us. They had issues, and, and we'd get sucked into their drama. It was like every time we got around them, it was like days of our lives. And I'd get sucked into this thing. And I realized it was an unhealthy cycle that God wanted to heal them from. But as long as I continued to be an enabler, I am preaching so good. This is trying to, I'm trying to help you. As long as I continue to try to be an enabler and hold their hand and help them, then I was actually hindering. You know, pain is a great thing. Because it causes you to change. If you don't want to get hurt anymore, figure out what the problem is, get to the root, to the source of it, break it down, and make decisions so that you don't have that happen again. You don't, li- you don't end up living with your hand over your, your head over your hand. You just cut it away. Got to cut away the flesh of our lives. Flesh can represent many things. Relationships. Attitudes, how about that? Some of you are racist. I'm gonna. Some of you can't stand native Alaskans. Oh yeah, some of you hate black people. And I will tell you that you will have no part of revival if you hate people. You can't say you love God and hate people. Scripture says that. How can you say, how can you, say you love God and hate your brother who you see and love God who you don't see? Now, race, racism is taught. My kids don't know anything about it. In fact, I think it's just recently they, they started, they, because of... American history and starting to grow in, in knowledge and, and, and school and just recently they're starting to realize so wow so so black people really had a hard time yeah they really did Native Alaskans had a hard time too and so did Native Americans and when the I'm, I'm part Irish and when the Irish got here you know they were persecuted then they multiplied like good Catholics You know, and they grew in numbers. And then they blended and just became Caucasian, you know, instead of... You know, America is a melting pot. And when we get to heaven, you know, there is many cultures in heaven. It's every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And if you... God wants to cut you for some of you free from racism. Some of you hate homosexuals. You're homophobic. Can I tell you what God did for me on that one? Yeah, he had me minister to them and really loved them. I thought we were going to end up with like a homosexual deliverance church. Oh, laugh it up. Laugh it up. Because <laughs> it was really uncomfortable for me. Because they thought I was cute and stuff. I mean, I, I didn't like <laughs> Laugh it up, man. I'll tell you right now. It was the biggest flesh fry for me to really find whether I actually had true love for God's people. 
when they're thinking I'm cute. Want to, yep, can we get some counseling? I'm like, Jesus, help me, right? I struggled with that. I did. It was hard. And really, I, I, I began to have compassion. God broke my heart for me. And so I, I, we, can, we can do that type of ministry. They're just people. You know, and some of you are racist. Some of you got a problem with that. It's sin. It's just sin. It's a horrible sin, the one that takes place on the inside of your body. That sexual sin is the worst kind of sin. But we need to love people, man. Don't call yourself a Christian and act like a jerk. Change your name. Amen. Christian means Christ-like. Or one, another, another theologian said, a little Christ. You need to act that way. And when people come in here and they're all tattooed or they're all pierced and they're with with their spouse who's the same sex or they're, or, they're, or they're coming in all shacked up or on drugs or, or whether they're coming in and they seemingly have their life together. You love people. Love people. Lo- Look, but for the grace of God, go I. That's what Paul said. For God's grace, that's not cheap. You didn't die of AIDS. Oh, that never would have happened to me. Oh, shut up. You don't know. It's the blessing of God. It's the grace of God, the mercy of God. We're talking about cutting away some things that need to be cut away. Relationships. Some of you need to deal with relationships. I began to tell my wife and I, with even people in ministry, we had to put an end to it. Why? Because it was bringing reproach. It was hurting us. It was hurting our marriage. It was hurting, our, it was hurting us. Come on. Friends with somebody who wants to hit on your wife and flirt with your wife all the time? i got news for you, buddy. Deal with it. Not in a jealous, weird way, but you need to protect your wife. Wives, listen to me. You need to protect your husband. Amen. Don't you let some, some hussy just run up there and try to... Jesus, help me. Right? But don't live all paranoid, you know, and freaked out about... You know, you need, it needs to be healthy. Have very clear boundaries. Cutting away the flesh can represent the influence of past relationships, relationships now. It can represent attitudes. It can represent racial pride, attitudes, again. Uh, poor choices. How about that? How about self-centeredness? I, I tried to put all the nails in the coffin on Sunday about that. The worship of self. Sometimes we're so self-consumed that we can't see the forest from the trees or help anybody because it's all about me. It's all about me. Remember? Cutting away the flesh can represent demonization. Demonization. <laughs> somebody said, hey, pastor, how come we don't ever have demons being cast out in our church? Are you kidding me? They leave every service. People get delivered every single service. It's just sometimes in the mind of a believer, you think we have to pass out little brown lunch bags to make somebody bar for something so that they can... No, they did that. Do you remember that? Who remembers that? I mean, like, you know, in the early 80s and the 70s, you'd come to church and they'd hand you a bag just in case you needed to puke to get rid of your demon. No, for real. What are they doing there getting delivered? Now, sometimes during deliverance, people heave. People cough. People do just different manifestations, things that happen. You say, what do you mean demonization? In our church? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You say, that freaks me out. Don't, don't let it freak you out. Jesus never freaked out about it. He just dealt with it. He drove them out with a word. His presence drives, drives out demon power. 
That's all. It's no big deal. It's, look, we live in a demonized world. You can't walk out here and, and you know, you, gotta, you walk out here, you're going to get your feet dirty. Things happen. Defilement happens. So, so cutting away the flesh can, can be a, a, a dealing with demonization. You know the devil wants to use your body as a base of operations. He wants to set up camp right on your head. Some of you, that rage that you have, the rage that you're dealing with, it, it, it might be demonic. And let me just say this, even if it isn't, listen to me, listen, listen to your pastor. Even if it isn't demonic, you keep yielding to that rage and it will become demonic. That lust that you have, it could be just the works of the flesh, which is horrible. Keep yielding to your lust and you'll end up with a demon of lust. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, hey, look what the Woo! Come on, slap somebody five and say, circumcise me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Don't do it. <laughs> but you can say that to the Lord. Lord, help me to cut off the things that are not of you. Come on, say it. I'm serious. Lord, help me to cut off the things that are not of you. Past relationships. Attitudes. Prejudice. God, cut those things off that we might see the reproach lifted and have us move into a new realm of provision. A new realm of anointing. To move into a new place. You've got to repent. You have to live a repentant lifestyle. You know they used to have altar time. Maybe you know that what that is. I think we'll have some tonight. You know, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm just a couple minutes and I'll be finished. They used to have altar time all the time at church. What do you mean altar time? I mean the altars are open. Come and seek God. And and And... Back in the old days, you know, Pentecost or early Pentecost, well, they would have whole tarrying services. But I mean, altar times, when the word was preached, you know, now we just close in prayer. And, and, and you know, it's powerful and God's moving. I'm thankful for that. But I'm going to tell you something. Let me just give you a little discipleship. If you're in a message here in this church, I don't know how it works in other churches, but if you're in a message where God starts really putting His finger on something, don't you say, praise the Lord, amen, and walk out. When you feel like God's really put His finger on something in your life, and you're like, man, that message got me, God, then what you do, and you see some of our, you see some of our men come, it's mostly men, sometimes women, and you'll notice all of them are older. Some of them are more senior people. I'm not calling you old. I'm just saying they understand a principle of, of getting a rhema word from God and praying it into their heart and sealing it and cementing it in prayer and saying, God, do that thing in me. Do that thing in me. Do that thing in me. And tarrying and waiting on God. We need to, you know something? We need to do that. So let me add that to you. If you get dealt with, you hear a message like tonight, you might be getting fried. I don't know. God might be putting his finger on I suspect he is. Putting his finger on some things. At the end of the message, come on, you can eat 15 minutes later? Are you get home 15 minutes later? Whoopee! 
you could come to an altar and get on your face and cry out and have that word just emblazed with the finger of God on the tablets of your heart. And it would change you. Prayer is key. So we need to repent, live a repentant lifestyle. We need, to, we need to really take time to seek the Lord. So, I mean, ask yourself when you pray. Hopefully you pray. Are all the relationships that you are now in, are those, listen to me, are all the relationships that you're in, I don't mean all the people you know, I mean all the people that are close to you, is, are all of them from the Lord? Are you confiding in people that God wants you to confide in? Are you praying with people who God wants you to pray with? I don't mean praying a blessing. I mean sharing your deep down intimate issues of your heart. Shouldn't we do that with everybody? Absolutely not. No. Why? Because sometimes it's pearl before swine. Are you calling a believer a swine? It's a, it's a, it's a word picture that God gives. You don't, you don't just, you know, I'm not going to give my kid a diamond ring. Why? Because he'd lose it. You're going to share the deep issues and tender things from the Lord that God's putting on my heart with somebody who's not even in a place that, or maybe somebody that doesn't even love me. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean like deep, you know, agape love really cares about what happens in my life. Some people you need to cut off, baby. You need them like a hole in the head. They're going to think I'm mean. They don't care anyway. And statistically speaking, there's only two or three people that like you anyway. Let that free you up. I'll say that again. Statistically, there's only two or three people that really love you. Okay, let's move on. We're to live as covenant people. I'm closing. Here I go. Everybody say we're covenant people. So it's time to come to Gilgal. Where are your allegiances? Are all, are all your eggs in the basket of heaven? Are all your allegiances with God? Have you broken every other allegiance? Do you know what I mean by that? Some of you have vows. You've made commitments. You know, I, I, I prayed a prayer with... I remember, I remember doing it, man. It's a long time ago in Makawa. A brother said to me, I want to be your covenant brother. I had just finished studying covenant. I was friends with him, but I didn't want to be that close because I saw things in his life that I didn't really have liberty to speak to and didn't feel like it was my responsibility at that time to do it. And I certainly didn't want to be his covenant brother. Now, do you understand what a covenant brother is? That's who we have. I have that with some of you. That's, that's like, you need help, I'll get on a plane, I'll fly over there, I'll fast and pray for 40 days if we need to. We will not win. We will not lose. We will not lose. That, that's covenant. Now, you don't have that with everybody, and this guy was asking me, let's be covenant brothers. I just, at that time, I said something like, well, praise the Lord. And he said, amen. And then he prayed, God, I made covenant with him. He prayed this prayer. And I was crawling out of my skin, and I didn't have the spiritual maturity to say, you know something? I can't do that. I would do that now, but this is like, uh, this is ten years ago. I didn't have the guts to say, I can't do that. Some of you have relationships that you need to cut off. 
And if you don't cut them off, then you will suffer loss and you will suffer the pain of being yoked with people that don't give a fig, F-I-G, about what you're going through, where you are with God, and furthermore, it'll be a place of rebellion in your life for what God wants to do. And you've got to go to Gilgal. And that is the word of the Lord for you tonight. Deal with it. For some of you, it's at work. Some of you are flirting with the, with the secretary. Stop. Cut it off. Go to Gilgal. Micah, are you somewhere? Thank you. <laughs> We've got them doing so many things that sometimes I have to put out a clarion call. Would you play a little bit? Thank you. There's relationships that need to be severed. And you need to build covenant relationships. Who's the man of God in your life? Who's the woman of God in your life? Who's your best friend? Answer that, rhetorically speaking. Who's your best friend? And I'm going to tell you now, if if you love God, and your best friend is somebody who's not fully serving God, you're a fool. Why? Because that junk will get up on you. You say, well... I don't like Christians. I can understand that. But we're all in process. No, do you know that sometimes Christians have such a bad reputation? I heard somebody say this. You're doing a construction job? Just don't hire a Christian company. That is sad. Because the Christian in times past in some circles, I don't believe in this house. But a Christian will sometimes rip you off in hopes that you just forgive them. You stand before God for that, John. You're held to a higher standard. That's stealing. Thieves go to hell. Very good. Praise the Lord. Stand up on your feet. Won't you? What do you need to cut out of your life? Where is the Gilgal for you? You want to go in? You want to roll away the reproach? Got to cut off some of those relationships and you need to tie some new ones on. Some of you watch, some of you watch videos that are absolutely defiling. Gosh, I can, I, I think I'm having a vision. Hold on a second. I see a home tonight. And coming out of the TV, I see dragons. And though you think that you're mature enough to keep from getting bit, the Lord would say to you tonight, that you are not immune. And furthermore, what you are releasing in your home is that very dragon that's entertaining you. It's going down the hallway into the little ears of the children that are in their room. 
you can pray for them to have healthy dreams, but when they hear all of that, what do you think they get? Oh, they're sleeping. How dumb can you be and breathe? They're sleeping? I stood over somebody in a coma who said they couldn't hear, spoke the word of the Lord in the name of Jesus, called them out of the thing. They were up and out of the coma in less than 12 hours. Totally healed. I've prayed with people. They say they can't hear and and they can't move. Squeeze my hand if you want to receive Jesus. Man, they squeeze. They can hear. They can hear. Don't tell me they're sleeping to justify what you're... Ah! Don't do it. You need to come to Gilgal. You need to deal with that thing. You wonder why there's not more peace in your home. My gosh, you got the devil coming out of your TV every night. Give me a break. Now that just might be for a few people, but whatever it is in your life, if you're going to come to Gilgal tonight, you want to cut some stuff off, take five minutes right now and have some altar time. Come on. Come on, some of you need to come. You need to cut it off. You need to go in. Relationships, attitudes. Want to go into the promised land? Come on, go in. Roll away the reproach tonight. Roll it away. Roll it away. Roll it away. Just repent. We all, we all come to places. You know, the world is crafty, tries to get in there. Just talk to Jesus right now. Quit visiting Blockbuster. Cut it off. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, God, for our shortcomings. Now, there's a gracious way to end relationships with people. I confess that some of the relationships that I cut off in my early years of walking with the Lord, I didn't do it so graciously. And I repented of that and hurt people. God doesn't want you to do that. You don't call people up and say, I heard a message about cutting away the flesh, your flesh, I'm cutting you off. Okay, that, that's, that's not God. That's, that, that, that's the truth without love. You need to do it with love. You begin to just fade. You fade out. Don't spend as much time with them. When they, when they want to talk to you, you know, you talk to them, but you, you, you share the Lord with them. You invite them to church. You start, you start sharing your walk with Jesus. They don't want to hear it. They naturally, look, when somebody's really on fire for God, somebody who's not really on fire for God doesn't really want to spend too much time with somebody who's really on fire. So you just begin to declare and begin to live a, not a double standard. And you, and you just begin to cut it off. Some of the things that you're listening to, things that you're watching. Come on, it's time to go in. And furthermore, Listen to this. Some of you are struggling in the area of provision. It's because of these uncircumcised areas in your heart. And so God will bring you a message, a hard message like I'm bringing you now. You need to take the flint knife, the sword of the Word of God, and circumcise your heart. You need to cut that stuff off. Cut off those attitudes. Cut off those those relationships, past relationships. You need to cut off everything that's hindering and walk into a new place. Walk into a new place with God. You do it in your heart first and then you take action. And keep in mind that love 
is not rude. It does not envy and it does not boast. It is not arrogant. It doesn't parade itself. It rejoices in the right. Love always hopes. It doesn't rejoice in the wrong. Don't you just call somebody up and say, hey, you know what, you're not saved and I don't care for you and, and I'm cutting you off. That, that's not God, okay? You treat them like you would want to be treated. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. They don't know any better. They're coming from broken homes, broken families. And the truth is, they just really want God like you have them. And, and you just need to love them. Not, not beat them up in the name of Christianity. I can't stand that. Don't do it. Don't spiritually beat people up like that. Love them. Peter, James, and John, Jesus had. Not all twelve. He didn't have all twelve with him when he raised the dead. Twelve-year-old girl, he, he didn't have all twelve. He had Peter, James, and John. Up on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, John. He didn't have all twelve. In the in Garden of Gethsemane, can you not tarry with me one hour? Who did he have with him? Off about a stone throw? Peter, James, John. He did not have all twelve. You don't have everybody all up close to you. You pick your Peter, James, and John. You pick your Peter, Paul, and Mary. You understand? pick them. You select them. And you have them be near to your heart. And by the way, when you make your selections, it's always best to have somebody who's mature, who's been through the wind of hell, lives right, somebody who's generous and self-controlled. Timothy, First Timothy talks about that. Titus talks about that. You, you, you have somebody who's got the fruit somebody else here and I I need to close because I've gone long already somebody else here you are a gossip and you are destroying your life through talking about other people and it's an idol it's become an idol for you it's an idol of slander I ought to preach on that I ought to preach on that I've seen churches with that problem. It kills it kills churches, but worse, or as worse, it really churches are people. It kills people. Some of you can't wait to talk about what's happening, even in the name of ministry. I have a word for you. Shut up. How's that? I'm just trying to help you. Need to need to just zip it. Need to put cork it. Be quiet. Stop. Stop. It's destroying your life. Speak as though speaking the very words of God. Come on, Mama. You used to say you don't have nothing, nothing nice to say. Don't say anything at all. So, Lord, thank you. Cut all of these things off and help us. And that we live continually a life of repentance before you. We thank you. Would you all stand up on your feet as we close in prayer? have a word for you, my brother. I prayed for you today, and I saw uh, I, had, I saw you like in a vision. I saw your face just like that. And um, here's the word I have. Though a thousand may fall at your right side, and ten thousand at your left, it will not come nigh your tent. It will not come nigh your dwelling. For you have made, and are going to continue to make, the Lord your tabernacle. You're going to hide under the shadow of His wings. He's going to protect you. He's going to strengthen you. 
I just see the Lord releasing strength to you tonight and courage and wisdom as you navigate and go through some of these places. Not everybody's going to be in agreement. But I have selected, even hand-chosen, some true friends. I think you know who they are. Some people who will really stand in agreement with you. And I see the reproach being rolled away. Does that make sense? I don't know what that means, but I know it's worth it. And He wants you to be encouraged tonight. Lord, thank you for this precious man of God. Thank you for his tender heart. Come on, look to heaven. Come on, look to heaven and pray. Pray in the Spirit. Lord, thank you. Comfort him, help him. Work it for good. Work it for good. Work it for good. Work it for good. Holy Spirit, just minister to him. Holy Spirit, work it for good. Working for good, Lord. Working for good, God. Come on, just in the closing moments, let me pray this prayer. I know you will agree. God, take us into this new place. Take us in, God. Pass the reproach. Take us in, Lord, to new provision. Lord, take us in to eat from the fat of the land. Lord, milk and honey, the blessing of God. The power of God calls all the enemies of the Lord's hearts to melt like wax before you. God, thank you. Thank you. And I decree tonight by the word of the Lord that reproach is even rolled off of this house. It's rolled off. Things that have been on this place even for years are being removed. Word is spreading that I am here, says God. Word is spreading. The disease has been healed. The reproach has been healed. I cut off what I wanted to cut off and will now release my power and my favor, says the Lord, to take down Jericho and to move into the promised land and give you that which I have said even before this time I have done it and I will do it for you says God hallelujah I'm going to take that word amen 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 and amen thank you Jesus come on lock it up take someone by the hand Lord bless your people cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance be gracious to them Give them peace. Give them peace. Give them peace. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord.
We hope to see you Sunday. Get involved in all the different things that are taking place. We do have prayer on Friday night. Hallelujah. Praise God. Youth will be praying for you as you start school, homeschool, high school, middle school, elementary school. Please keep in mind we're starting our new youth program here in just a week or two. So God bless you. We'll let you know what that is. We love you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.